they just don't understand. And because you are Lord, and we look to you, even now, move prophetically throughout this body. Let it not just be words from my mouth, but let it be a prophetic word that is released to this corporate gathering here. That as we depart this place, we never leave your presence. And we will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands if you're alive. Amen. And love the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning I want to spend the time that we have remaining with you with a message that I believe is going to set the stage for the next couple of Sundays that we're going to be here together. Some of you have already told me that you have plans to be with family and friends next Sunday and the Sunday after that. And, and so I wanted to at least deliver a message that whenever you can be here, you would fit into the puzzle and feel like you missed something. So there are three things we're going to be doing over these next three Sundays. Today, our assignment is to look at Christmas in the city. Christmas in the city. Next week, we will look at what I'm entitling the covenant in the cradle. And we're going to try to build a big manger, amen, and we're going to see that in the cradle was the covenant of God. And then finally, we're going to address what I believe is so critical because once December 25th, comes and the 26th arrive, we take down for some of us our Christmas decorations. If you're my wife, it stays up until probably February, March. And we pack everything up and we say, let's move to the next thing on our calendar and on our agenda. But gather in place and those who are in this city, the Lord wants us to know on that third message that Christ is in the culture and that Christmas doesn't end December 26th. It literally is just the beginning of it. And we're going to see then, it was then the kings showed up because at that time he was in the house. The covenant in the cradle, he was in the manger. But when the kings got there, he was in the house. And so there's a transition from him being the shepherd to then being the king. Mm. And so what happens is we continue to talk about him as a shepherd throughout the year. But there are times we've got to talk about him as king. And our culture doesn't want to hear about Jesus Christ, but guess what? It's this time of the year, hashtag 2016. They will know that Jesus Christ is not only born in the manger, but he is the exalted king. And kings of the nations come before him. And they bow down and says, where is he born? King of the Jews. Amen. So that's the three messages we're going to be sharing. And then we're going to launch into 2016 rejoicing as a result of that. Christmas in the city. This message was birthed from a desire that I believe that no individual that lives in this city of Marion or the city of which you live should not hear the greatest story, the greatest redemption story ever told, and that is Jesus Christ and the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. It is the greatest story ever, ever, ever told. And so it is my desire, and it was my prayer, and as I was talking to Mother Cook, I said, I wanted to connect with every pastor and find out what are you doing for Christmas so that we can promote it throughout the city so that whether you live close to us or you live close to, to family life or you live close to Victory Center or you're close to Genesis, wherever you live in proximity to a church, we want you to be there to hear the greatest redemptive story ever told. Christmas in the city is not a message just for our church. It is a message for the city. That is still my prayer. That is still my desire. And so as you meet people, as you go about your day-to-day activities, and you want to ask people, have you found a place to gather for Christmas? Because I want to let you know, it is Christmas in the city of Marion. Amen. I called the mayor's office to find out, what are you doing for Christmas? Because it's Christmas in the city. And so I figure, why not call the governmental structure of which you pay taxes to and find out, are they a part of what God is doing? And they said to me, well, we're not really doing anything. And they gave me another organization that was uh, handling that. And, and they said, this year, we, we, we're low on funds, so we can't really do everything we want to do. But, but we have some different fundraisers. And 
They said, but for the spiritual people, we have a tour of nine historical churches in this city. And you can go through the churches, and you can see the historical uh, 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 churches and, and what they represent for the city. And, and some of the churches in this city are so old, and, and it speaks of that God has been in the city for years, ladies and gentlemen. God has, has planted his church, and he said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's impossible to study American history and not always go back to the church. The church has been around for a very, 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 very long time. And so that was what they had. And I said, that's awesome. That is wonderful. They were singing Christmas carol. They had a wagon that was bringing through nine different historical churches in the city of Marion. So Christmas in the city is alive and well, everybody. I often tell the people when they ask, how was your Thanksgiving? I said, my wife couldn't wait for the last turkey to go into my belly before she sent me to the garage to get the Christmas decorations to put up. It is her favorite time of the year. It is a time that she loves to decorate, and she has this snow village that whether you're one and just learning to walk or you're 55, you know don't touch it. It is, it is off limits, and it's amazing how children who have never been to our home, they look at this Christmas village with the snow and everything she has on there, and they look at it, and they just walk around. It's almost if the Lord says, yeah, don't touch it. You don't want to see the righteousness of Magon come out. So if you come to my home, it would be evident that Christmas has arrived. It is a wonderful time. It is such a glorious time. It is, it is where for those who love the snow, they're anticipating the beautiful snow and, and all that is to happen. Come on, as you walk around, as you attend the different stores, you can see that Christmas truly has arrived in the city. And so biblically, there are the gospel writers who talked about Christmas. Matthew writes about Christmas, but he brings it from the genealogy of Joseph. Matthew's audience was the Jews, so that's why Matthew begins and speaks about Jesus as king. His audience was the Jewish people, and he was presented to them his gospel, and that's why you read so much about the kingdom of God in the book of Matthew. That was his audience. But I want to read from Luke because Luke is the only author of Scripture that the Holy Spirit breathed on and inspired. And Luke was a Gentile. Luke was not a Jew. Luke was a Gentile. And so he begins in Luke chapter 1. And Luke is the writer of the book of Luke and the book of Acts. And maybe you don't know this, but Luke wrote more of the Bible than Paul, that great apostle, that great apostle to the Gentile. But Luke was the one that was with Paul and followed Paul. And Luke was a historian. That's important to understand. Luke was a physician. But Luke, in his presentation of the gospel, and especially the Christmas story, is very appropriate for us because Luke writes to us we can identify because Luke speaks more of women than any other gospel writer. Luke's write about the outcasts more than any other writer. Luke writes about the people that many in the society of that day would have considered have no influence whatsoever. Isn't that God to include people that other people have cast out? Come on, isn't God a good God that you think that because you didn't get the promotion that God has forgotten about you? No, 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 no. I'm here to tell you that the one who wrote the majority of the gospel was a Gentile. God in his redemptive plan already had the Gentiles in mind. He has a purpose for the Jewish nation, and we hope old Israel, and they have some biblical promises that are yet to come to pass. That's why we must pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We must always defend Israel. We must always uphold Israel because they are the time clock. And when you witness what's going on in the Middle East, don't be afraid. Remember, your redemption draw it nigh. Amen, somebody. So Luke is right in here now, and one of the things I want to establish as we continue through this, before I get to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 6, where we'll park it for today, but Luke is writing to an individual. He's writing to an individual whose name means beloved of God or the, what I call the lover of God. So Luke is writing to Theophilus, and here is the individual that some say, was this a real person? I believe he was a real individual. 
I believe Luke was writing to this individual to give him an account of the things, watch this now, that he witnessed and the things that he behold with his own eyes. So in other words, the Christmas story is not some fable. It is truly a fact. That's important. Because what we are defending in defending Christmas is not some fable that's some legend of long ago. We are defending a historical event that changed history. And the only institution can defend that is the church. We cannot look to the government to defend the story of Christ. We cannot look to inst- religious institutions to defend the story of Christ. It's got to be the church that defends Christmas. It is interesting, someone was saying to me today before he said, Merry Christmas. Hey, do you celebrate Christmas? Can you imagine it's gone to that point now we have to ask people before I offend you and politically correct, do you celebrate Christmas or is it something different? And so we have to look and see that Christmas is for those of us who are lovers of God. Because when you are a lover of God, you look at the Events that has transpired, and you know those things are critical to your redemption. They're critical to you understanding the crucifixion. Without him being born, there is no need for a crucifixion. Although the crucifixion, the death, is vital to the redemption, it is the birth that initiates or inaugurates what we celebrate come Easter time. So it's very important that we take a look at this, and when you're around somebody, hum a Christmas song. Come on, somebody. And let them know that Christ is alive and that Christmas has come to this city. Amen. Amen. I was watching Fox News. Don't, don't, don't hate me if you don't like Fox News. All right? Listen to CNN as well. And it's amazing how they're both so on either side. It's amazing. You listen to the news for a minute, you just get so discouraged. You're like, oh, my gosh. I gotta, I'm depressed now. Just listen to that. But they had this lady that was on, and this is the reason why I called the mayor's office. And so for, I think, maybe 20 years or a long time, they had this tradition where they would light the tree. And so because of political correctness, they didn't want to offend anybody, so they called it a holiday lighting. Well, the mayor in this city said, hold on a second here. If it, if it looks like a Christmas tree, and if it's called a Christmas tree, and if there's lights on this tree that looks like a Christmas tree, that's called a Christmas tree, why we call it a holiday lighting? It's a Christmas tree. And so they brought it before council. And it was four to two vote to say, let's call it a Christmas tree. And let's do the Christmas tree lighting. So this mayor had the boldness to say Christmas is in our city. And so this one, well, I'm going to resign then because we have to be inclusive and we have to include everybody. We don't want to offend anybody. And he was simply saying this, listen, it's a Christmas tree. So that's what we're going we're gonna to call it. We're going to call it what it is. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we have to understand this, that when you're a lover of God, you protect those things that are of value to you. When you are a lover of God, Christmas is not just another thing on your calendar. It literally becomes the event that you look forward to because it's an opportunity for you to encounter God, but yet everyone is focused and their attention is on Christmas. It's the greatest opportunity for evangelism. It's the greatest opportunity for you to tell the wonderful story to those who are outcasts, to those who have no hope, to those who 2015 has been such a, a difficult year. This is an opportunity for you to say, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. It's a great opportunity. So we want to welcome Christmas in the city. And we're going to pray for that mayor that he will continue to be bold, continue to be biblical, continue to hold to the values that made America the country that it is. I love America. I came here by choice. Went through the proper process. Paid thousands of dollars for what you were born into. I paid thousands of dollars to become what you are, an American citizen. And we thank God for the freedoms that we have. And that's what we must say loudly. We must say louder. We must lift our voice and exalt Jesus Christ. And don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe what they're all saying. You can say Merry Christmas and have such conviction and such power. Why? Because you're telling people Christmas has come to the city and it's good. That Christmas has come. It, it's an exciting time that Christmas has arrived in Marion. Amen, somebody. 
So break out your decorations and decorate the tree and, and do all of those things because Christmas has arrived. Christmas has arrived. And so Luke writes here and he says, I'm going to give you in Luke chapter 1, and he breaks it down and he says that you may know in verse 4 the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So if you are a lover of God, if you are a lover of God, this Christmas message is for you. Luke, the physician, Luke, the historian, is writing to you and saying, this is the account that I've seen. This is what I witnessed. And he's saying, Theophilus, lover of God, this is what it is. And he starts, and Luke could have started anywhere. Luke could have went right into the ministry of Jesus Christ. Luke could have started, and that would have been a great place to start as his baptism. And the heavens opened up, and a voice from him said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Luke could have started there, but no, he doesn't. He says, I've got to go back i got to go back because the lover of God has got to know the beginning of the story. And he writes, and he's explained to him all that's taking place. And he gives specific times. He says in verse 5, there was in the days of Herod the king. That means you can go back into the history book and you can say, oh, yeah, Herod the king. Yeah, he was ruling right there. See, when you defend Christmas, it doesn't have to be something that you think is only spiritual. There is historical, documented facts that we can look at. There was a king, Herod. He was ruling at the time. Jesus entered this world and changed history. Come on, somebody. His story is what he did. And that's why the Christmas story is so critical. It's so vital because it's really a story of his story and how the redemptive plan of God came into our lives. It's a great story. It's a great story. But in Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2 now, as we, as, as we, we, we look at this, the first thing I want to talk to you about is, is this, the malls at Christmas. Easton is a great mall. I went there, and, and Megan, we had a meeting, and as we were driving to where we had to meet the individuals that, that we were going to hang out with, all the lights was just, it was such a beautiful thing. Christmas in the city affects the malls. It brings the economy. People are busy shopping, doing everything, and so, and so Christmas, Christmas in the city first begins, it begins at the malls at Christmas time. The malls at Christmas time where we're, everybody's busy with their Christmas list and they're, they're thinking, what should I buy? And, and they're saying, okay, I want to get this for Johnny and, and this for Beverly and, and this gift for Tommy. And it's a wonderful time. And just go to the malls. Everybody is so busy. And it's, you can't even find parking and there's fights and there's things. But it's Christmas time in this city. It's a wonderful time and all the gifts that are being wrapped and you bring them home and you're so excited and you're cheerful and you're thinking, wow, that's awesome. Christmas is here. Christmas is here. And there's joy and there's everything. And everybody seems to be happy. The malls are Christmas time. Christmas has arrived in the city. It is so obvious. You can't miss it. It's obvious. Everything has changed. At one time you walked in, there was people were speaking of harvest. But when you walk in now, everything, Christmas tree, there's reefs everywhere. Because Christmas has arrived at the malls. And as we're going, we're, we're seeing the business of that. And we're wrapping our gifts and our presents. And, and it is a wonderful time. It is a wonderful time. It is a wonderful time. So Christmas is evident at the malls. Whether they want to deny it or not, it helps the economy. Every company looks forward to Christmas because that's where they can get out of the red and get into the black. That's where they have the sales and everything. And because of the human nature, the goodness, we want to buy gifts for everybody. And if you're buying gifts for me, I'm size 15 and a half neck and 33 shirt, just in case you were wondering. Size nine and a half shoes. Amen, somebody. Uh, 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 praise the Lord for that. And, and, and so this speaks of Christmas. And, and as we look in our text in Luke uh, chapter 2, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. So here it is now that we're minding our own business. Everyone in the world is doing their own thing. And Luke writes now to the lover of God. He's given them the story, the certainty of what's going on. And he says, hey, Hey, lovers of God, the mall at Christmas time has arrived. There's a, there's a census went out that everybody in the world should be taxed. And so everyone that was hustling and bustling, they're having to obey the command because the government 
made a decree, and if you lived in Jerusalem at that time, you had to obey the leader at that time or you were facing death. So everyone is busy. Everyone is running around. And sometimes Christmas can become that for us, can't it? That we're so busy doing everything, obeying every instruction, that we kind of lose the meaning of Christmas. So though the malls are packed with people and everyone is celebrating Christmas with the buying of gifts, we must remember that it is more than just gift purchasing. When we have a birthday, people buy us gifts. But isn't it amazing when it's Jesus' birthday, we buy gifts for people. And that's a good thing. It's nothing wrong with that. But we have to understand that, that, that this decree that went out, Joseph's life was interrupted. Mary's life was interrupted. Everybody's life was interrupted because one man made a decree. Everyone will be taxed. Theophilus was not just a person. Luke says the most excellent, which speaks of influence. This person had influence. And just like Caesar Augustus, who had influence over the then known world, the then known world, he says, everyone is going to be taxed. See, that's why it's important that you become a person of influence. Because when you get to a position of influence, you can make sure that Christmas will always remain in the city. That's why every promotion, you know promotion comes from God. You've got to seek promotion. God, elevate me to a place where I can now promote your grace. Oh, good God am I. Father, elevate me to a place where I can promote your grace. And people will say, how did you get the position? How did you get this job? It's because of God and his grace in my life. Because I understand if I'm a person of influence, it's because God wants me to keep Christmas in the city. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Uh, an opportunity has come for, for me at, at the Y. And, and, and I, the people tell me, hey, why do you work here if, if, if you minister elsewhere and, and you have a company that you work with young people? Why do you work at the Y? And here's what I tell them. God has placed me here. It's a strategic placement. That's what it is, to maintain the C back in the YMCA so we can make sure that the C never leaves the YMCA. So when you get put in a position of influence, it is for you to promote the grace of God in your life. It is not about you being exalted. It's about God being exalted through you. And so when we see now that the world is saying, okay, go ahead and celebrate Christmas, it is not just for us to be busy buying toys, yes, and gifts, yes, and all of that's great, but it's to remind the people that are looking that the greatest gift ever given to us is Jesus Christ. The greatest gift ever given to us is Jesus Christ. And if you're in a position to give out bonuses at work, you tell them, thank God for his prosperity. That's why we're able to give you this bonus to be with your loved ones, to be with your family. The malls at Christmas time. Caesar Augustus says that everyone should be taxed. He goes on in verse 3. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city and Joseph verse 4 said went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house watch that in the lineage of David the house and the family of David so the second point we have about Christmas in the city is this Joseph now because of this decree Joseph now gets up and he has to go back to where he came from. He's got to go back to the city. And when you read this, you see the word city so often. So I think that God wants us to understand he loves cities. And he says it right here. Joseph went back to his city. He gets ready. And he says he was at the house and the family or the house and the lineage of David. God had to make sure that what he prophesied back to David lined up. So though we see a secular king making his decree... He was being used by the greatest leader, God, to govern what's going on in your life. Ooh, good God Almighty. That would Joseph have left the comfort of where he was to go back to the city? If God didn't speak to Caesar to say, I'm going to tax everybody, Joseph says, okay, that affects me. But as we operate in this world, we're not of this world. And so therefore, Joseph now goes back to the city. Why? Because prophetically, he had to line up because he was from the lineage of David. Legacy is critical, my brothers and sisters. Legacy is critical. I was Google, I was, you know, Googling searching. I said, God, when... When did Christmas become an official holiday here in America? 
and, and you got to trust your sources, but I, I got two dates. But the one that seems to be consistent was 1870. One of the presidents, 1870, declared the Christmas a holiday, December 25th. And back 300 years, it was the Roman Catholic Church who said, we're going to have this day, and they declared it to, to be Christmas. And I looked at that, and I said, hold on a second here. So in 1870, the president of the United States at that time declared Christmas to be a national holiday. Here we are now, 2015, and we are questioning whether we can say Merry Christmas. How far have we come from the foundation of this great nation? Where it was agreed upon by every member in Congress to say it will be a national holiday. Christmas will be. That here we are now, 2015, and we're wondering if we can even say to someone, um, can we say Merry Christmas? How far the influence has been. And so I believe that God is speaking to his church this Christmas and saying we must always declare that it will always be Christmas. It will always be about my son Jesus. That no government authority can change what I've already established. It was good they put it on the books back here in 1870. But it was already in the book, come on, when I declared it. That day, Joseph, you got to get down to Beth. you got to get there. Because it was already declared from the beginning. Good God Almighty. If God can orchestrate from 1870 the declaration of Christmas to 2015 here, surely God can help us lead our lives to victory, that we don't have to worry about what we're facing, the circumstances, what anybody can say, that we can be people of influence and that we can say, no, guess what? Uh-uh. Christmas is truly about Christ, about Christ. So Joseph now, he goes down and, and, and he's, he's, he's part of the, the, the heritage, he's part of the house. And so, and so we look at the malls at Christmas time, but now let's take a look at the, at the memories at Christmas time. For many of you and for myself as well, there are certain memories you have of Christmas. The plate setting is, is, is laid out. Is it at your house this year or is it at my parents' house this year? So many memories. As a child, you can remember, uh, uh, you know, the gifts and, and everything like that. And, and, and so Christmas for so many people... It's not just about the malls. It's not just about all the gifts. It's really about coming together as a family. Loved ones who have, who have moved away because of promotions or, or those who have had to go because they were called to war and, and all of that. But Christmas, Christmas gathering places, the time where we can have memories and what it was like to, to, to be together as family um, during Christmas. Like Joseph comes back to his city and I wonder if through his mind he was thinking as he saw familiar things and, he, and his memory was being reminded of the things he saw when he was there. It's been a while since he's been back to his home place. And he's wondering, why, why am I back here? But, but, but the memories, how many have memories of Christmas time? Some, some great memories you had of, of sitting down as a family and you're telling the Christmas story. It's a wonderful time, the memories of Christmas and you have your traditions, and, and Megan, we have our traditions, and, and so we're going to teach our children our traditions, and then Danny and Lizzie, they'll have their traditions. And, and so it's, it's the memories at Christmas. And here is Joseph. Joseph comes now, and he's, and, and he's here. But, but for some people, Christmas is a time where they remember. Grandpa's not going to be here this year. He, Grandpa's gone this year, and so there's an empty place. There is no place setting for grandpa. There's no place setting for grandma. There's, there's no place setting for the aunt, that uncle. And so Christmas this year for you may not be what it was like last year. And so, and so you wonder the memories that you have. A silent night, and we're not going to hear the, the voice of that loved one anymore. The memories of Christmas. And Joseph gets to his, to the city. He gets there. But unless you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that loved one that is no longer going to be here. If they died in Christ. You can say thank God for Christmas. Thank God for all the Christmases that we had. With them. But there's a place set in that's missing. 
and gathering place throughout this city as you walk. There are people contemplating what we're going to do this Christmas. There's going to be a place that's going to be empty, and we have an opportunity to influence them because we're lovers of God to explain to them the greatest story ever told. The greatest story ever told is that Jesus Christ is still there with you as you gather together. And this is a time for you to even grow stronger together as a family. And I believe one of the greatest joys of Christmas is family being together. I told my, I said, the greatest thing I love about Christmas is that I'm with my family and I'm with Danny and Lizzie and Megan. And we tell the story before they open their gifts. And I just want to let them know, guess what? Thank God that I have a family. Thank God for family. I remember when I was a child and my dad would promise us, he says, I'm going to get you a gift. And, and we're all so excited and everything like that. And he would come home and, and there would be no gifts there. there, there there be no gifts. I'm like, Dad. And I thought that was really important to me until my dad left at 13. And I realized, I'll give you all the gifts back just to have my dad sit at the table one more time. For him to sit there because the memories of Christmas. The memories of Christmas. And when I look at it now, when I look at the memories I have of Christmas, I'm creating new memories. I'm creating memories of joy and, and excitement. I'm, I'm so excited about Christmas because guess what? Christmas is not only about those who are here and those who are gone. Christmas is about Christ. He's the real meaning of Christmas. Are you hearing me this morning? We have an opportunity to share the greatest message ever and let people know, no, let your memory be about the memory of Jesus. And so Joseph gets to Nazareth, he and his family. They get to the house and says, to be taxed, to be taxed, verse 5, and here's where we're going to park it. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished. While they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Now, the Roman Catholic Church has made Mary bigger than what the Bible even gives her. It simply says that Mary was favored by God. Historians said Mary was a teenager when this announcement came to her. Some said she was only 13 years of age, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger. But, but one a theologian says she's probably about 13 years old when this message came to her. And now Mary represents what I call the miracle of Christmas. That we've looked so far at the mall at Christmas time. We looked at the memories at Christmas. But now we have to look at the, the miracle. The miracle that took place at Christmas. So what was the miracle that took place? The miracle gathering place is this. And when I was studying this, Luke writes over six times. He speaks about the Holy Spirit when it comes to speaking about the birth of Jesus Christ. Luke now introduces us to the Holy Spirit and the miracle that was to take place. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And when we talk about that Mary was in Bethlehem pregnant, we've got to go back to Luke chapter 1 to see how the story begins. And so in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 37, it says, Now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is the Amplified Version, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, the angel says, Greetings, favorite one. The Lord is with you. How many need to know that this morning? The Lord is with you. 
You are favored by God. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. He entered into the room. It says, Mary, greetings. The angel was sent by God, Gabriel, to Mary and says, Mary, you have been favored by God. Let's just pause there for a moment just to embrace the favor of God upon your life. God has favored this nation. God has favored you. The favor of God is what we desire. Christmas time then is about the miracle of the favor of God. Not one of us is righteous. No, not one. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But thanks be to God that he has favored us. It's the favor of God. It's the favor of God. And Mary is now greeted by the favor of God. It's the favor of God. And she was greatly perplexed at what he said. And watch us now. And kept carefully considering what kind of greeting this was. So in other words, Mother Cook, if you and I met each other and we used to greet each other one way, we're like, okay, but now this greeting that you greeted me, this is different. This is not like your typical greeting. Something's going on. I've got to pay attention to this. Something has changed in the atmosphere. This greeting is not the way it used to be before. And now I've got to pay attention to what this greeting is like. And so we see here, so Mary now is alert. Mary now, there's a miracle about to take place. There's a miracle about to take place. The angel said to her, do not be afraid. So far, Mary hasn't even talked. It's the angel doing all the talking. It's the angel right now. And why is this important? Because, ladies and gentlemen, from the time of Malachi to the time of Matthew, there was 400 years of silence. There was no angels talking. There was no miracles. Nothing was going on for 400 years as history was progressing. Not one word from God. And now he opens his mouth at Christmas time and says, Mary, you are favored of God. My goodness, God, praise the name of the Lord. The angel shows up now. He said, when can I go, God? God says, not yet. Everything's got a lot of, when can I go, God? Not yet. When can I go, God? Not yet. When can I go? Not yet. Now, Gabriel shows up. God has commissioned me to come here. And tell you the greatest story. And I'm here to tell that you got to show up to your loved ones. you got to show up to your neighborhood. And tell them, I have been sent by God with the greatest message whatsoever. The Holy Spirit inside of me wants you to know that you are favored of God. You are favored of God. I was, uh, oh man, I, I, was, I was taking the trash out and I was going. And the Lord said this to me. He said, he said, Rowan, I said to Noah, I will never curse the earth again. God said, I will never curse the earth again. That's what God said. I will never do it. And then he reminded me, he says, that's why Jesus became a curse on the cross. I fulfilled that. I said, so God, how come then we walk under this bondage of cursing? He goes, because you curse yourself. We curse yourself. When we don't know we're favored of God, we allow the enemy to speak lies to us, and we put ourselves in a bondage. And the children of Israel were not able to be cursed by Balaam, who wanted to curse them. He, the curse could not work. But Balaam says, here's how you do it. Let them curse themselves. And so this Christmas message, we're going to let people know, stop rehearsing the curse. You are favored of God. Seek the Lord while he's near. Call upon him, and Christ will set you free. There is freedom at Christmas time. The reason why he came was to bring redemption. It was the miracle. And the Holy Spirit is saying here that you have an opportunity this Christmas to walk in the power and the prosperity and the favor of God. God. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory, ladies and gentlemen. It is nothing inside of us. It's not about our righteousness. It's about the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you that you can tell when people truly believe that they are favored. They will greet you with such passion and such purpose. But when you greet some people, they are not passionate. Why? Because they don't know they're favored of God. They're just struggling. But I'm here to tell you that when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you understand the miracle, the miracle at Christmas that you have been born again it changes your countenance it changes the way you operate each other we should make sure when we greet each other Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas you are favorite of God it is a Merry Christmas it's a Merry Christmas and the angel says do not be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God and here's the instruction here's what we're going to end with is this Listen carefully 
listen carefully. Those in the back, those in the front, listen carefully. The angel is sent by God. Mary is perplexed. He says, don't fear. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. You will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus. He, not Mary, he will be great and eminent and will be called the son of the most high. The son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, Israel, forever. And of his, not Mary, of his kingdom, there shall be no end. There is no decree, there is no policy that this government and any other government on this planet can declare to stop us from having Christmas in this city. It is impossible. There is no way that they can stop what God is starting, the redemption of God, that anyone, any policy can change us as believers. There might be some persecution, yes. There might be some suffering, yes. But I'm telling you, at the end, the Bible says when the Egyptian pharaoh, was putting affliction on the children of Israel. What happened? The more they afflicted them, the more, oh, the more they multiplied. Come on, somebody. And if we want the church to grow, there has to be some sort of affliction that comes away. But guess what? We're going to stand, and people are going to wonder, why is it that you're not bowing, and everybody else is bowing? Because we believe that his kingdom, there shall be no end. His kingdom, there shall be no end. A friend of mine told me this story. Watch this. Over in China where it's illegal to be out in public to talk about Christ. That there was th this gang of young people. And this one gang member, Della, heard that there was a movement that was defying the government. He says, oh, hold on a second, who are these people? He heard that they were meeting secretly from the government. If the government found out that they were meeting, they would be killed. He goes, I want to meet them because I'm a gangster. I'm defying the government. But if these people are, are underground doing it, I want to go find out what they're doing. So he goes to church. And they're worshiping God and giving God praise underground. Come on, somebody. Knowing the government says, you can't do it publicly. We're going to do it underground. You can't stop us. He heard the gospel message and the power of God hit him. And he got saved and filled with the power of God. He ran back home and says, Dad, I found Jesus. His dad beat him. His father rather him be a gangster than be a Christian. His father beat him and said, don't you ever go back there again. This young man got up from the ground. Says, Father, you don't understand the miracle of Christmas. And he goes back there again. And he's worshiping and praising God, knowing when he goes home, they're, they're going to beat him again. But he's there worshiping God because something on the inside was greater than what was on the outside. You see, it was Christmas in the city for that boy. It was Christmas in the city for that boy. And so he heard the gospel message. He heard he was favored by God. He heard that his life could be transformed, and he says nothing's going to replace that. He comes back home, and his father now has the neighbors watching as he beats him again to prove to his neighbors that he's no part of this. But the boy stays there, and he goes back again worshiping and giving God praise and glory. That is a testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. For outside of the power of the Holy Spirit, there's no way we can withstand the pressures of this world. You cannot live in this world without the Holy Spirit. And the angel said, listen, Mary, what is about to happen to you is going to be by the power of the Most High God Almighty, possessor of heaven and earth. That's why you don't exalt Mary, you exalt Jesus Christ. She was just the vessel. She was just the instrument that said yes to God. It is he that we worship. It is he that we exalt. It is Jesus who we give our praise and our glory to. The miracle of Christmas. And he says this. Mary said to the angel, now she finally talks. Mary said to verse 34, Mary says to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? I have no intimacy with any man. She says, what you're asking is absolutely impossible. The angel replied to her. The angel replied to her. Let me go to the King James. They have an app, but I want to make sure you watch this. You listen to this. The angel says to her in verse 34, uh, verse 35, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. 
Therefore also that holy thing shall be, shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. Listen to the words the angel said. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is going to influence you. Understand this. There are two miracles that we have to look at. Three. Three. The first miracle of the Holy Spirit is found in Genesis chapter 1. It says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. It's the analogy of a bird or like an eagle that sits and it brews or it hovers over its, its eggs as it's getting ready to hatch. So the Holy Spirit we see is, is from the beginning, the Holy Spirit now is influencing creation. The Holy Spirit's doing a work now. As God it says in the beginning, God, Elohim, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face, and God said. So we see the triune God in operation there. And so the Holy Spirit was in operation in creation. It was a miracle of God to take nothing and make something out of nothing. Wow. Creation did that. And here we now see where the miracle of creation now moved to the miracle of conception. And it was the Holy Spirit, that same Holy Spirit that moved upon the face of the deep. That Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit, that God is now going to overshadow. It's going to influence you, Mary. It's going to change your biological. It's going to influence you that no man can do what I'm about to do. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. Come on, somebody. To do things that no man can do. The Holy Spirit has been given to us that no one can do. The miracles that we witness, the miracles that transpire is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the might, of mighty God moving through you. That's why we have to welcome miracles. There are signs. We don't chase after the signs. The signs follow us. But it's an indication. It's an indication of the Holy Spirit that is moving through your life. That's the second thing. The miracle of creation. The miracle of conception. And finally, the third thing is this. The miracle of the Holy Spirit in conviction and conversion. Mary continues on. The angel says, for with God, nothing is ever or ever shall be impossible. He says, listen, Mary. Your relative Elizabeth has also conceived the son in her old age, and she was, who was called barren is now in her sixth month. He says, Elizabeth, what's about to, so Mary, what's going to happen to you? Go see your cousin Elizabeth. Go see your relative because she's pregnant as well because the Holy Spirit's come upon her, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Nothing shall be impossible. There, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. So Jesus now is having an interview with Nicodemus. And he says, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus says, am I supposed to enter my mother's womb again? He says, no. no, no, no. Nicodemus was thinking natural. Jesus says, unless you're born of the Spirit, unless you're born of the Spirit, unless you've been converted by the Spirit, you cannot see the kingdom. We read in verse 33, it says, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and in his kingdom there shall be no end. One of the greatest miracles of Christmas, how we will know that Christmas has entered the city, is the conversions of soul, that the Holy Spirit's working and people are getting saved. So at the dinner table today, make sure you talk about Jesus Christ and his salvation and the ability for him by the Holy Spirit to convert you and convict you. Make sure in the midst of all your shopping that you're doing, as you meet your neighbors, as you meet people who are buying gifts, buying that last toy, you ask them, do you know Jesus Christ is the greatest miracle it can ever be? Let them know Christmas has come into this city. Not just because of the gifts. Yes, that's great. And yes, Christmas is at the malls. And not just because of the memories. Yes, there's great memories. But please understand, it is about the Holy Spirit that worked through Mary. The Holy Spirit that brought, the Holy Spirit that worked through creation. The Holy Spirit that worked through conception. And now the Holy Spirit's working through conversion and through conviction. Christmas has arrived in Marion, and we will proclaim it loud. Why? Because salvation has come to every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. That is the message of Christmas. Yes. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Every head bowed, every eyes closed.
You have been equipped today. You have been empowered today. If you have a loved one who they don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to get their, their name in your mind right now. Get, get them, get them, get them right now in your mind. If you have a loved one, if you have a family member, if you have someone that doesn't know Jesus, a co-worker, whoever it is, I want you to get them in your mind right now. We're going to pray for them. The Holy Spirit is going to influence them. The Holy Spirit, based on the Word of God, is going to get them this Christmas. Because Christmas has arrived not only in the city, Christmas has arrived in your house. Christmas has arrived in your house. Where there's depression and where there's darkness, Christmas has arrived in your house. And I want you, gathering place, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as He directs you in what to say. Christmas has arrived in your city. That son and daughter will come to know Jesus Christ. This Christmas, when you enter their home or they come to your place, they will hear the message of Jesus one more time because the miracle of Christmas is the work of the Holy Spirit in creation, the work of the Holy Spirit in conception, and the work of the Holy Spirit in conversion and in conviction. And if you would be so bold to call that name out in front of your brothers and sisters so we can agree together, I want you to go ahead and do that right now. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. As you moved upon Mary, as you moved upon the water, move upon my heart, move upon the heart of my son, move upon the heart of my daughter. Let this Christmas when I bring the toys to my grandchild, let my grandchild experience Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When I bring these gifts to my lost friend and family members, let them experience the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, gather in place. Christmas has arrived in Marion. Christmas has arrived. The decree has gone out. God has orchestrated history and God is telling you this night, this day, this morning that Christmas is about the miracle and the work of the Holy Spirit. I am the Almighty One. I am the God who saves. I am the God who redeems. Trust in me. Trust in me. And I will do great things in your midst. Cry out, gathering place. Cry out. Cry out for a visitation of angels. Cry out for a visitation of angels. Cry out for miracles, the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear. Cry out for miracles. Let 2016 be the greatest years of miracles that happen in the gathering place. Come on, church. Cry out. Cry out. Holy Ghost, move in this place. Holy Spirit, you do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, move, move, move in Tom's life. Move, move in his family's life. God, bless him. Bless him. Let him know he's favored, oh God. Move in Gary's life. Move in Kelly's life. Move in Mother Cook's life. Move in Teresa's life. Move in Larry's life. God, move in this place. Somebody help me cry out. Come on. Cry out to God. Lift your voice and cry out to God. God, move in Mark's life, my brother. Move in Leroy's life. Let this Christmas be the year that he gives his heart to you as Lord and Savior. Move in his life. I know he's in Vancouver, God, but you're there as well. Let Christmas come to his house. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, take five minutes and cry out, cry out, cry out, gather in place. Cry out, cry out. You're highly favored. Cry out. How can this be? With God, all things are possible. But Rowan, I tried last year. Yes, but with God, all things are possible. They won't listen to me yet, but all things are possible. All things are possible. Cry out. Cry out that those are the Eastern Mall, that in the Marion Mall, those are Polarius and Tuttle Mall, and wherever you shop, that they experience the power of God cry out cry out for Genesis Church cry out for family life cry out for true life cry out for victory and truth ministries cry out let Christmas come to their cities let Christmas come oh come let us adore him 
Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, God. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. He is Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. That's it. That's it. Come on. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant. Don't be a spectator. Christmas is coming to the city. Hallelujah. 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 Now I want you to end the way Mary and Mary said, Holy Ghost, be it unto me as you have said. At the end of the dialogue with the angel, Mary said, Be it unto me. She wasn't like Zacharias who, who questioned. She wasn't like Abraham. She says, Be it unto me. Come on, gathering place. Stay with me together. Be it unto the gathering place as you have said it. Be it unto this church as you have said it, God. Be it unto us as you have said it, God. <laughs> Bring those back who have left, oh God. Bring them back. Bring them back the miracle of Christmas. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, my God, bring them back, Lord Jesus. Bring them back. Bring them back, oh, God. Bring them back. 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 Let me, let me launch you with this. I called the mayor's office and I, I told you that, but I said, I've got a question for you. When will the mayor be doing his state of the city address? A couple of year, uh, a couple years ago, I was able to hear one of the address that he did. And here's what she said to me. She says, well, the mayor cannot share the state of the union address with the public until he shares it with the committee first. The committee has to approve his state of the, the state of the city address. I said, is it open to the public? She says, oh yeah, anybody can come. I said, give me the date. It's the, the fourth Monday, I believe it's January 24th. And I said, I'll be there. I'll be there to hear the mayor give his state of the city address. And here's what I'm believing God we're going to hear. Because we're crying out from now until that day. That the miracle of Christmas will be evident in his address. And that the gathering place we will be at this committee meeting and we will listen to him speak. And we will say we will hold the values of Christ in this city. And Mayor, we will pray for you. Because unless you know that Christmas has come to this city, everything you say will be in vain. We will be there. And we will say Christ will remain in the culture in this city because we witnessed a miracle this Christmas. We witnessed the miracle of God this Christmas. Father, bless your people. Father, bless your people. The Lord bless you. The Lord keeps you. The Lord causes face to shine upon you. As you witness the greatest miracle, the miracle of Jesus coming to this earth, Emmanuel. And because of that, the miracle of conviction, the miracle of conversion. A heart that is turned to God. Angelic visitation that you have never witnessed before. And it will be pure, it will be clean because the atmosphere has changed. I bind every work of darkness in the name of Jesus. I come against every work of darkness over our lives and over this church. 
And I pray for a flame of God to surround us everywhere we go. As we have the boldness to declare in Marion that Christmas has come to this city. God bless you. If you need prayer, the altar is available. It's open. If not, I launch you in the grace of God. In Jesus' name, I love you. But more importantly, God loves you. Have a wonderful afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen.